0: Is a way to collective punishment. They punish the prisoners, they punish their families. That's what they are doing currently, you know, when when they demolish houses of um, Palestinian uh, fighters and the resistance movement. That's what they do when they uh, demolish the house. They show this savage nature of the
1: colonial regime. This is an interview with Dr. Amal Wahdan. Dr. Wahdan is the founder and editor of the Arab Gazette and organizer for One Democratic State of Palestine. I spoke to Dr. Wahdan on July 14th. We were together in Syria as part of the international delegation to the 2021 Syrian presidential election.
0: 2008 war against Gaza. Actually, we um, I was in the States at that time, and um, we had um, a delegation of ten people um, going to Gaza. And uh, it took us a while actually um, to get into Gaza because the um, Egyptians didn't um, didn't want us to go in. And I can I still remember that it was shilling at that time while we were on at the crossing um, after several attempts to enter Gaza, they used to return us back to Al Arish uh, city, which is like um, half an hour away from Rafah. And at the end, we decided um, that we we are going to stay at a, a small coffee place. Uh, near the borders, and use our sleeping bags, our small tents, and just have a sit-in there until they allow us in, and finally they did, they allow us in. Um, We met people, as you said, um, people who lost the entire family. A four-story building was, you know, this was um, a vacuum, bombs that takes everything inside. And um, uh, two survivors, a man and his family, because he survived because he was uh, at his father's, uh, father-in-law. And uh, another son who was saved by Only good luck, you know. He was at at the corner of one of the rooms and um, the wall came in an angle that protected him. And when we asked the older brother, what does he, after he talked about everything, about losing everything, you know, the whole family, and he counted them, actually, 29 people. And uh, one of the little babies, Rab'a, and uh, they showed a picture and this picture became spiral. It went all over the world. And then she was like, probably one year or one year and a half. And they showed her from among, you know, from between the rubble, it was devastating. So when we asked him, what does he hope for? What, is the, what was he looking for? He said, one thing is I want my brother to get married as fast as he can to you know, to have children and revive the legacy of his uh, family. So from one side, he's in sorrow, in, in pain, lots of pain. I, I can't imagine, I mean, oh my God. No, I, actually I can't imagine how would a person losing a whole family continue his life as normal, no. I'm sure that they have lots of pain, lots of, um, and it continues, it will continue with them and it would be told to their uh, kids. And hoping for his um, brother to get married and revive the family again. This is actually um, such a courage You know, to be thinking this, like this, um, while uh, the house in front of us is all in rubbles. And it reminds me, again, with our um, trip to Syria, when we saw all this, uh, you know, destruction in Jobar, in Huma, in Yerbuk, it's all similar. You know, it's the same actors, of course, the people who did this uh, to Syria, to more, both Syrians and Palestinians, and those who uh, waged that war against uh, Gaza and continued, continued uh, to do so.
1: And the idea of saying, you know, I want my brother to have kids, to keep the family alive that's it's a rebellion against the attempt to erase every individual family you know i just think of like all the stories that i've learned from like i never met my parents grandparents but i have so many stories about them from my parents Mm -hmm. and you know if if they were you know you to to eliminate so many people means that those stories are gone and those legacies and it's an attempt to destroy the culture because a nation is just all these families and forming communities.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that's actually reminds me of all are stories, you know. Um, my husband's uncle um, he is called Sheikh Hassan. Sheikh Hassan was an imam in uh, Al-Aqsa mm. during the British occupation. Oh, wow. And um, during that period of time, um, uh, Sheikh Azaddin Al Qassam was uh, the revolution of Azaddin Al Qassam between 1936 and 1939, and before and after. And then Sheikh Hassan was um, in the mosque, and it seems like some um fighters were um, resoluting to the Al-Aqsa Mosque in order to escape from the other side. And um, uh, the British officers um, barged into the Al-Aqsa Mosque and uh, with their boots and that was for Sheikh Hassan very, uh, you know, very agitating. So, He stood up and he was trying to prevent them from entering Al-Aqsa and, of course, giving others um, the time to run away. Maybe we shouldn't mention this anyway. (laughs) And he stabbed the officer. First, no, they kicked him. They threw him on the ground and he stood up. He defended himself. He stabbed one of the officers. Officers and killed him, and he was sentenced to death without any trial
1: for defending and, himself.
0: Yes, exactly, and for defending um, a holy place for him. Yes, yes very a Holy true. place for a whole nation. You know. Yes. Yeah. And uh, during that time, there were people who are um, sentenced. Um, you know, a death sentence were serving this sentence like 148 people they were executed without any trial and um, Sheikh Hassan at that time because he was um, with the Mufti you know, clerk Muslim clerk uh, Mufti al Hosseini. Um, he tried to um, struck a deal with, um, with the British occupation at the time to reduce it to a life sentence. And he spent 44 years in total isolation. 44 years from 1939 up until 1983. From 1939 up to 1948, his brother and uh, his wife and uh, other relatives, his wife as well, um, whom she died um, soon after, uh, used to go to Aqqa prison and visit him from time to time, you know, because of uh, the the brother was in Jerusalem and uh, the rest of the family were in Kufril labad which is near Tulkaran, far away from the prison. So occasionally they had the chance to visit him. So in 1948, after the British left Palestine, they left him behind and the Israelis kept him and they did not inform his um, family so the family didn't know where about his being or uh, what which prison they approached the Red Cross the Red Cross didn't help them a lot and uh, it took them 20 years to find out where the the uh, their son, their uncle, where uh, his is about,
1: and I suppose they didn't even and, know whether he was still alive at that point.
0: Yeah, it was uh, accidentally. They knew him because he used to, you know, to call for prey out loud, and people uh, in the surrounding area, the Arab Palestinians in the surrounding area. Um, Started to tell the story, and it went on from one village to another until it reached uh, the family. So they can they knew that it was him. And um, but at that time, it, he um, he spent like um, 31 years without commuting with um, with other prisoners. I, I mean, without uh, having any relation with. Uh, other prisoners or with the outside war. So in total isolation for 31 years, without any uh, access to newspapers or radio or visitors. So he didn't know that there was 1948 war. He didn't know that there was a war in 1967. And when he's, when the family knew uh, where he was uh, kept and started to visit them, of course he couldn't recognize any of them. Uh, his son was four years old when he wa- was in prison. Now he's you know, in his early forties. So how, how could he tell that his, this is his son? and his only brother um, passed away during the 1967 war. And um, his nephew was also a little kid. He wouldn't recognize. So everybody that he he should know are not there any longer. And he couldn't believe it. it, He couldn't believe it.
1: Not to mention the, the, the psychological torture of being mm-hmm. in i mean it is torture to be in solitary confinement for for any extended period of time for any period of time of course, of but course. It, it's it's like a metaphor for what the zionists are trying to yeah. do to palestine to arrest the development and the continuation of history to keep things yeah. frozen um, yeah. under you know
0: yeah but, you yeah know, yeah
1: Comrade, it wasn't until we were having lunch in Damascus when you first told me about Sheikh Hassan, and it occurred to me that, you know, the, the Israelis claim that they declared independence. They celebrate Mm. their independence, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet prisoners that were in custody of the British empire, like Sheikh Hassan, remained in custody. In what yeah, independence yeah. movement ever is that the case, yeah. that the people held by the, the people you're declaring independence from remain in prison? It shows right. that it's a continuation of European imperialism.
0: Yeah, and it's called um, compulsory disappearance. That's the term that um, we found out, and uh, we had to see how can we you know, take them to court, um, the British and the Israeli. So uh, yes, it is, uh, I mean, it is a way to um, collective punishment. They punish the prisoners, they punish punish their families. That's what they are doing currently, you know, when when they demolish houses of um, Palestinian uh, fighters and resistance, um, the resistance movement. That's what uh, they do when they uh, demolish the house. They want, they show this savage, you know, nature of the colonial uh, regime. And um, they try to prove to the family and the kids and the whole community that we are. the ones in control here and we can suppress you and oppress you as much as we can. It's a show of power. This is the psychology that they were trained to, to, uh, to practice. I'm sure that they are psychologists who train them how to, to erase any emotion from their minds and from their hearts and just act like a machine And I'm sure that the US uh, legacy in this, uh, I mean, training uh, the Marines and other uh, forces, military forces, how to act. I mean, uh, and that's where the Israelis have learned it first from the British and then from the Americans. And the British are the ones who taught the Americans when they first arrived. So, it's like a continuation of um, a process that they created to oppress, to suppress, and to steal, not only the land and the resources, but to steal lives, history, culture, um, even destroy any archeological places like what they do in Palestine, in Al-Aqsa and, and in other places. I mean, they disform the whole, um, and, you know, the whole um, landscape of the old city and Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, surrounding neighborhoods. I'm, I'm sure people who who have been out of Jerusalem for like 10 or 20 years, when they come back, they wouldn't recognize it. And that's what happened with Sheikh Hassan actually, when he was released after 44 years, and we took him around the city, Um, he couldn't recognize it. And he said that this is not Jerusalem, this is Japan. The only place that he could remember is Al-Aqsa and the Dome of the Rock because, and the, the, the alleys in the old city because I mean, it remained as it is. But the Jewish quarter, for example, has changed tremendously. And they start building, um, you know, bridges over. They disformed the whole historic place. I mean, this is in itself uh, a crime. A crime uh, against human beings' culture and history. Disforming the place and you know it's like you know just burying the old memory of the place the old heritage of this place so people you know start to be acquainted with the new landscape and forget about um, their past but it's not it's not happening they can't they can't do this because there is people fighting
1: that's right
0: it's true that, uh, that um, the US and its allies continue uh, you know to continue their um, their uh, conspiracies and their plans to change the whole thing to change the culture of the people to steal of course like the Israelis do to steal the culture. steal our menu, steal our uh, folklore, our clothes, our everything. They try to uh, uh, like substitute our uh, cultural history and either they take it and use it as it's their own. Like uh, Shakid, for example, Uh, this uh, minister Minister, She was the Minister of Education for a while and then Minister of Justice now. And when she went to um, uh, United Arab Emirates, she was wearing a dress with um, the Palestinian embroidery as it was her tradition.
1: Like a a thub? Yes. Oh, that's...
0: Yeah, That's thub.
1: You know, I've seen Israeli...
0: (laughs) with with the picture of Al-Aqsa, she's trying to steal Al-Aqsa to the whole world as it was, you know, uh, their own. So it's stealing what's on top of earth and what's, you know, beneath the earth. And, you know, um, with it they take everything else, like the water for example. Right water now, they're trying to sell water to Jordan from our own well, from our own, you know, water. One Palestinian, this is a statistic, one Palestinian gets one cup of water compared to 12 to an Israeli. While the Israelis are having, you know, swimming pools and... um, you know, trees and plants and they water, their plants and right. they swim in swimming pools. The Palestinians are suffering from more water because they drag all the water from beneath and they take it to their settlements. And now they're selling it for jo- to Jordan.
1: Right. Not to mention the ecological destruction that all this development that you were just talking about does to you know, the, the natural aquifers and waterways that, that Palestinians had been using for centuries, if not millennia. Yes, exactly,
0: exactly.
1: What you're describing, it's, it's like an attack on reality itself, on the very nature of reality, because it's not just subjugation. It is mm-hmm. also an attempt to erase. And so, I mean, the, the idea that the Zionists have destroyed Palestinian graveyards, and cemeteries, yeah. because yeah. they have to, they also have to demonstrate that to try to deny that Palestinians have ever been here, you know. Yeah,
0: and all the, the cemetery, for example, cemeteries in Jerusalem, in Yafa, um, and led, uh, and in and also in um, uh, Tour Mountain, and um, this place. Um, Mount of Olives. It's uh, called Mount of Olives. Um, ha- has been, you know, planted in olives with churches around and some mosques here and there. So that landscape is uh, is very beautiful. So they invented, um, you know, a-, a myth as they always do. Uh, that um, their ancestors were buried, buried on that mountain. So they, again, this the whole landscape of this beautiful uh, mountain and built their cemetery on that. It's just across from the Dome of Baroque, just across from Al-Aqsa Mosque. So, and now, with what's going on in Jerusalem, in Sheikh Jarrah, for example, and in uh, Silwan, uh, trying um, to uh, to build um, a religious um, park, some sort of, you know, some sort of um, Religious rituals, you know, Mm -hmm. they invent everything. Of course, they, yeah, 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 and they they uh, put the um, old testimony in 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 place. Of course, they uh, they forged the old testimony and they uh, politicized uh, religion in order order to uh, serve their uh, interest. So. Demolishing houses or forcing Palestinians to demolish their own homes. I mean, how could I mean, imagine this? Imagine if you were forced by a government, any government, or by own your own government, to demolish your own home.
1: I mean it goes back to what you were talking about, where it is it is also a level of cruelty that is it it's like studied trained cruelty they they yeah. they don't just want to destroy palestinian homes and culture and steal the land but they force people to partake in their own destruction
0: yeah. so now we're trying to to have you know a small campaign just for people to refuse
1: mm.
0: first of all they have to fight the demolishing orders itself, and they have to fight it fur- furiously. They shouldn't allow the soldiers. It's like a, a life and death matter. Right. Why would they? Would you demolish my house? I've been living here for thousands, thousands of years, and I, I have, uh, you know, I have my papers to my. Uh, land, my property, and you came with a claim, with a myth, that God gave you this land and it's... it's madness. Uh, ...the chosen people and all this, you know, trying to sell this religious yes. um, lies.
1: Right. Course. A religious lie of racist chauvinism, you know?
0: Yes, exactly. And um, the Palestinians shouldn't also demolish their house. What? What does this... Um, I mean, what does this entitle? Um, if the municipality does demolish the house, it's going to cost the Palestinian like 15,000 shekels, which is around like um, $3,500, $3,500. Okay, let them do it. Let them do it, why would you do it? If they want to take you to, to, co, uh, to jail, go to jail. But the whole community should, should be supporting you. The whole community should stand together in order to support your family and support your, uh, your fight. And that's what we are trying to tell the people. There are 635 homes that are about to be demolished. Okay, this is uh, done gradually, but if someone refuses and goes to jail, he becomes like a, you know, um, an example for others. And when the community stands up together, to support him, support his family, nothing will happen. This is a struggle. This is a process of struggling. This is a process of uh, liberation. If we want to liberate, we shouldn't be helping them. We should have them pay for what they do. And the municipality doesn't have the... the, um, uh, power to continue demolishing the houses itself because it costs them money and it costs them lots of uh, international uproar and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So let them do the dirty work themselves, and we should resist this. We should, um, from the other side, pay attention to this. Now there is another also. Um, and it's always Jerusalem. They want Jerusalem in any price, in any tactic that they use. That's their goal. They want Jerusalem, and they want Jerusalem um, invented Jerusalem right. according to their own uh, strategy. This Jerusalem, so the new generation wouldn't recognize the, the history of it. And they wanted empty from Arabs. Right. This True is ethnic cleansing. Ethnic, ethnic cleansing again. Why would we allow this to happen? That's. Right. I mean, this is uh, like uh, that. Um, the peak of the oppression. What else could they do? Yep. It should be a mass revolution against all these suppression a mass revolution against who's behind the, this government, against the USA. Boycott and sanctions shouldn't be only against the Israelis, it should be directed against the, the, the sponsor. The right. main sponsor is the US, UK, and their allies. Yes. They should be targeted, and Americans themselves. And yes. This is a, a message to the American people because what they do outside of the USA comes against the Americans themselves in different forms, you know, mm-hmm. in, in poverty percentage in the, uh, in the US which is increasing uh, standards of living, education, um, health care, I mean, The Americans are deprived of so many things because the bulk of money, billions and trillions of dollars, is in the hands of the few, in the hands of the 1% of the Americans.
1: Let alone the the collusion between the U.S. empire and the Zionist entity also leads to the development of high-tech surveillance technology and training for how the I mean, the, the way the Israeli occupation forces treat protesters and regular citizens, re- regular Palestinians on the street. I mean, it, it is the same tactics and they, they train together with the US police um, mm-hmm. to, to commit murders and violence. Um, the way you described in, in particular with home demolition that, you know, I feel like you it's a really great definition of resistance that every attack that the Zionists make needs to come with a cost. And you're talking about raising the cost of that attack by having the whole community come out or saying, no, we're not going to do this ourselves. You bring out the, the labor, you know, and I feel like that's yeah. a good working definition of, of what resistance is. Yeah. You can get raising the the where... cost,
0: yeah, the raising the cost of the whole occupation, yes. you know, after Oslo, after 27 years of Oslo, the cost of occupation is not only zero, they gain money because the European, the EU and the USA is giving the Israelis on equal foot like them, you know, they treat both, that's the lie of course, that's uh, another lie. They're not because the Israelis are taking $3.8 billion on a yearly basis from the US and from the taxpayers, from you personally yeah. and other, uh, you know, our other friends, from, you know, from Palestinians, Arab Palestinians who live in the States, from the Arabs. These taxes that they ca- take from them is coming to us in a form of a settlement, um, ammunition, high tech, um, you know. Um, military um, supplies and et cetera, et cetera, And all of this is directed against us.
1: And that is it. In, it is the same form of, you know, people wonder, well, how, how could you participate in the demolition of your own home? You're you're contributing to your own oppression. Well, it, here in the United States, we pay money. We pay our tax money to a government that spends three, almost $4 billion of of our money to contribute to our own oppression, to the oppression of our brothers, sisters, and siblings in Palestine. It is the same, you know, we have to refuse and raise the stake, raise the cost of what that means.
0: Yeah, and this means that people should be aware of what's going on. What does the government doing to them at home and to other people at other places? Well, uh, I mean, to educate uh, people, that's the main key here. We, we need to ed- educate people that the whole myth that the Zionists are using in occupying Palestine and in um, uh, terrorizing other, other countries surrounding Palestine or as far as Africa and as far as Ukraine or Georgia or uh, Azerbaijan. I mean, you find them almost everywhere. And because the US is using this base for its own plan, their own schemes. They wanted them to take a role in this area and beyond. And with this technology, they believe that they can control the, the mines. Of the people and the lives of the people, but um, when people start to realize how this happened, you know, we don't want to go back into the history of the U.S. and how the U.S. was, uh, you know, established, and how how uh, I mean how many millions of uh, Native Americans were killed, slaughtered. You know, the, the skulls of these Indians were taken and they, they, the British used to pay them in pounds, like 75 pounds for each skull. I mean, this is how cruelty evolved from that time up until now, up until they started their uh, terrorist uh, gangs in Palestine the Zionist terrorist gangs, uh, gangs like Haganal, uh, people had to know this, this whole development of this colonial apartheid state in like uh, bullet points. I mean, uh, awareness, education is the name of the game. They um, treat Americans as, as they are, uh, you know, A herd of animals. That's how they do it, you know. I lived in the States, and um, uh, I I I was close to the systematic um, brainwash of the Americans. You know, um, it's about uh, life there. is about football, about movie, about Hollywood, about, I mean, um, education is, um, is not something that is um, accessible to every American.
1: Um, I mean, it's not a very rich culture because this society was based on the destruction of a genuine culture, the native people who are here, This is a manufactured culture. It's like the Israeli culture. It's
0: Exactly. That's the word that we are using, manufactured entity. It was used in the States. It was used in Australia, New Zealand, and other places. Uh, They couldn't do it in India. They couldn't do it in other places. But uh, they did it here because they needed this place to be in, in you know, as a middle area in between the continents, the middle, I mean, the Middle East, it's a, ter- a term that uh, was invented by uh, the, the UK and the uh, US, but the, the location of um, Palestine just in the middle of the route between uh, the Western sphere and the Eastern st- sphere and the uh, oil that was explored at that time and the, the need to have a base there um, and it can be used to oppress other people. You know, instead of coming from the US, here they have um, a, communi- a community based on religion, brought from different parts of the world, um, a Jewish state for the cho- chosen people,
1: but truly, it's like it's like <laughs> as if the Ku Klux Klan had a state. Yeah, you know,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and
1: and I think that helps but- explain why Palestine is is like the crown jewel for the U.S. Empire and for global empire. It's a forward operating base from which mm. they can launch further attacks.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly, and. Um, uh, Educating people is so um, so valuable, so uh, essential for uh, Americans to take their role. That's what, w- what should happen, you know, instead of living their daily life without thinking what's going around them, what's going on in their neighborhoods, what does the government do for them? What about the healthcare? What about, but because the government is inventing, um, you know, from one side, from one side, the recreation um, facilities, you know, sports and um, Hollywood and all that. And from the other uh, hand, you have uh, the drugs, you have um, the organized crime, and the, the drugs is organized by the government itself and its organizations. So, I mean, this whole um, manufactured um, uh, country is based on also um, uh, brainwashing people, inventing a a new um, attraction um, areas where people, can divert their um, attention from what the government is doing uh, domestically and outside and uh, trying to um, continue stealing money from their own people in the form of taxes, stealing the lives of the people because they don't have the proper food, you know, the proper uh, standard of living um, uh, health care, um, housing, all these areas are not on the book. What's on the book is how to get more money, to be richer and richer, and doesn't matter if the Americans are under poverty line or no, because the, the 1% of people want to have always more and more. So the, the victims here are the, the people, the American people. If they know these things, they will stand up for their own interest. My interest here in Palestine and the interest of any ordinary American is equal. We are bonded we are together. We are human beings and we want to live, um, you know, a, a decent life, we don't we want to have a decent life, so if we don't pay attention to what our government is doing, inside, domestically and outside, then we're going to be suffering and continue to be suffering and the new generation is the same.
1: You've been listening to Worker's World Podcast. This has been part one of our interview with Dr. Amal Wahdan. For a full transcript of this conversation, and for the second part coming soon, visit workers.org.